Welcome to In the Lab. My name is Alex Adams, and I, once again, I'll be joined by my good friend, Stephen Carey. How you doing, Stephen? I'm for it, man. <laughs> uh, and so for this week, we'll be analyzing uh, the Clippers versus Mavs game, which was quite t- tumultuous. And uh, I know big words today on the pod. Uh, and look at how uh, the the Clippers came back from an early deficit in that game and really stormed back and won the game, I wouldn't say convincingly, but uh, it wasn't too close at the end. And we'll talk a little bit about what it means um, and just analyzing the plays and what could change going forward in in the series. But uh, as we will throughout the playoffs, we'll, we'll first recap what's happening in the in the playoffs so far and uh steven will start us off with the west so there you go yeah so um the uh the lakers are now up 2-1 as i'm sure most of the world has picked up on uh so in uh, in game three ad had 34 and lebron had 21 they also got 20 from schroeder um it was a good game the lakers really pulled it the way in the third they were up a little bit before that but they really pulled away and then obviously Chris Paul he played uh 27 minutes but uh, he was not really involved in the action too much and he's obviously hurting from something it's hard to tell really like he seems to be a little bit off on his his shot but uh yeah it's hard to know exactly what's going on but obviously he's not at 100 and I'm pretty sure it's his right shoulder because he he was yeah it's his right shoulder yeah. Um, but it's just hard to, it's hard to tell exactly what's, what's that, wrong. It just yeah. seems like he's a little uncomfortable. What, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's an unfortunate, um, sequence for, for the Suns. If I were them, I would have maybe even thought about resting CP in that game. If he's really that hampered, might as well just come gl- guns a blazing for game four. But as we speak, yeah. we're, we're during the game the game's being played game four right now. It's, it's 43, 43 in, in the second quarter. Uh, so it's a pretty tight game, at least so far. So um, if you're a Suns fan, hopefully they can uh, come out of this game with a, with a dub and go back to Arizona flying high and uh, try to use that home court advantage to, I'm just cheering for the, for the uh, Suns. Also, I feel bad for CP, but yeah, he's been injured in the playoffs like at least I'm pretty sure at least four times that I can remember. Yeah. Like it's been quite often that he gets injured in the playoffs. So it's unfortunate, but I mean, they had the rest of the team did not play very well except for Aiden obviously is just killing it. But uh D-Book shot 6 of 19, like that's pretty much a loss without CP either way. Yeah, yeah. But uh anyways, at least this game's a bit close and Hopefully it's, it's yeah. We'll see. This would be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we've got um, uh, Portland versus Denver, and so that series is uh, back tied up now. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just looked at the wrong. I looked at the wrong page on the, the stats there for a second from a couple of days ago. Yeah. So that one's tied up. Um, Nuggets won one twenty to one fifteen in uh, Game Three, and then Portland won one fifteen to ninety five. So. They scored the same, but they took 25 off. And you can really see that in the, the numbers from uh, Jokic and uh, MPJ because Jokic had uh, 
36 and MPJ had uh, 15 last game. And this game they had uh, 16 points for Jokic and MPJ only had three. So that's crazy that um, MPJ only had three. I didn't watch. Apparently they played really good defense. But uh, obviously they got 29 from Norman Powell on 11 of 15. Uh, so that really got them over the hump. And Dame was one of 10, but he had 10 assists. So not mm-hmm. not a terrible game. And obviously they won it pretty handily. So yeah. I guess you can't be mad at the guy when they don't really need the scoring if it's not there, as long yeah. as he comes out when it when it matters. So, so that should be fun. At least we got uh, a series going to two two now. Um, and then also we've got the Jazz against the Grizzlies, and this one it could have been a little more exciting. I watched Game Two and it was a good one. Jaw had forty seven, but uh, they couldn't get it done. Utah's just uh, they just move the ball really well, and they just have the best. Everyone is a shooter on that team, and everyone is a pretty well, good defender. Well, Memphis was really in the game, yes, last night in game three until really yeah. the last five, six minutes, and then Utah with Donovan Mitchell and Gobert really just put their stamp on the yeah. game. Yeah, uh, Conley had 27, 8 of 16, and 7 of 10 from three. So if that happens again, I'd say it's over. <laughs> um <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, yeah, this team is, like, they don't look really intimidating, but they're well-rounded. And I, I found that the, the Grizzlies just couldn't keep up, especially with the pick and roll with Gobert. So, if you have Gobert getting you points on a team like that, it's pretty much over, even if, you're, if your guy's getting 47 for you. So, But that's still a fun one to watch. I found that game a lot more enjoyable than you would think from a, from a 1-8. Yeah. Dylan Brooks, baby, had 27 and last night. The, uh, Obviously, we're we're doing the Clippers game today, but uh, that series is at two one with uh, Game Four tonight. Yeah, no, and uh, hopefully that game will be a classic because uh, Game Three was pretty intense. Game Three was potentially a classic. It'll see. Yeah, we'll have. To see. It we'll, was kind of a classic in and of itself. It'll be. We'll it'll be interesting. Yeah. Today, we'll talk, we'll talk about it a bit later. But moving on to. The Eastern Conference, now, it's not nearly as interesting and fascinating as the West, other than maybe one series, and even then, probably not. Uh, A parks here in, and there. In the, in the Philly-Washington <laughs> series, it's 3 it's, nothing. It's it's a wrap. Uh, in the game last night, uh, or yesterday afternoon, uh, Philly won 132-103. Russ and Beal had pretty good numbers. Russ had a triple double, 26, 12, and 10 assists. And then oh, Beal that's, that's had 20, fine, yeah. 25, 6, and 3. Uh, but they, they just don't have a lot. And and even Beal on 10 of 6, 26, he's getting mostly guarded by maybe the two of the maybe four, five best perimeter defenders in Tybal and Simmons. So that's actually a very respectable number especially considering uh there's not a lot of people that pass to on that washington team and Embiid was amazing had 36 for um eight and two two assists and then 14 of 18 um what was interesting is uh the sixers uh starting lineup only had everyone on their team had at least 14 points and everyone shot over 50 percent. so that's pretty it's i don't know how a team even Though Philly doesn't have much of a bench, I don't know how you lose a game if your starters play like that. And no wonder they won by almost thirty points. Uh, moving on to to Boston f- versus the Nets in the two sevens series. 
a bit of an upset, at least with regards to just game three. Boston won. Jason Tatum was phenomenal, had a 50-piece, had 56, had six uh, rebounds, seven assists, 16 of 30. He went to the line 15 times, which is just phenomenal. Um, had five threes, didn't have a huge amount of help, but Kemba dropped uh, 23 on eight of 11 shooting. But what was interesting is Duran and Harden had just outstanding games in that loss. Duran had 39, nine and one, or I mean, just one assist, but 13 of 24 from, from the field, four of nine from three, went to the field, uh, free throw line 12. 12 times. Harden had 41, 7, and 10, 11 of 18, and they still lose the game. Kyrie didn't I didn't, play. I didn't hear anything about it. It was like... Yeah, no, Kyrie didn't play very well. And you didn't hear a word. Like, And Kyrie didn't even play well, and maybe that... No. And, and what I was hearing, was, I didn't watch the game personally, but it was just that he didn't play very well at the end, but that's a... We'll see. Well, no, he, didn't play, he didn't play well at the beginning. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how this Nets team fares in the next round. I mean, I don't see Boston winning that series at all, but good on them for getting a win. It'd be very interesting if they were to sneak Game Four, but I, I highly doubt it. But it it'll be interesting to see in game in the second round against the Bucks because that team was just on a mission, and as we see, uh, they swept the Heat and tra- moving on to the Heat. Uh, Buck series, absolute demolition. I don't, I did not see this coming. I mean, I did like the Bucks. I, I, I thought they'd win, but that's just crazy. Went sweep them, of course, and they didn't even play that well, especially Giannis. He, yeah, I mean, 23 and 15 looks great, but he only shot 50, 40, 45% from the field as a guy who really is more of a guy who that goes up to the lane. So it's a bit surprising. He didn't shoot well from three at all. I, I think he only made one or two because his percentage is 0.6%. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, but then as well, uh, or 6%, not 0.6. Sorry. It can't be. <laughs> no, no, my bad. Uh, zero, yeah. Uh, basketball reference. Screwed it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, but Holiday was great. Milton was great. So it'll be interesting to see. They also limited Jimmy. Jimmy was horrible in this series. He had 14, 7, and 7, which is actually not bad, but he shot below 30% from the field. Bam was good, but the whole time uh, Milwaukee finally realized j- just to sag off him and not really engage in uh, his handoffs and pick and rolls just because he's still not in a, a good enough perimeter shooter and really a willing perimeter shooter so it seemed they really stifled Miami's offense completely and and other than game one which really could have gone the other way with with Jimmy Butler and everything all the other games were just absolute blowouts so uh yeah good for that team because they deserve it'll be sorry no I was just gonna say good for that team they they finally deserve to to have that kind of emphatic playoff win against a good team. I mean, you could maybe debate how good the Heat were, but considering how they beat their butts in uh, in the second round last year and almost swept them, it, it's a good kind of revenge and good on them. And you really notice how much the difference between Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe is because 
Drew Holiday had averaged in the series 17, 4, and 6, 50% from the field, 39. Pardon me? Six assists. Sorry. I, I always, more assists. listeners, I, I always, more and when I say the three categories, the yeah, last yeah. category is assists, just to be clear. So, yeah. I just thought he had more. That's all. He averaged in the series. I don't know if he had more in, in, uh, in, I didn't look at the game logs exactly, but yeah. So good on the Bucks and they're on, they're on, uh, verge to play probably the, the Nets in the second round, which will just be a, mammoth of of a second round series and and we'll see how that plays out and it'll be really interesting to see because the bucks have just been so good defensively in that heat series can they translate that to probably the most talented offensive team at least since maybe the 2017-18 warriors uh just offensively with Harden, Kyrie, probably probably a a shade above offensively i would say you could argue that i just mean that team won titles this team hasn't so we'll, we'll have to yeah. see but uh it'll be interesting to see what happens and i'm definitely going to watch those games and uh, definitely be cheering for for the bucks uh because as what, what's his name little i can't even say it on the air but come on man yeah come on man but uh kevin durant is not my favorite and neither is kyrie irving or james harden so um but i love steve nash so and Mike D'Antoni, so my boy. Uh, now moving on to the last series uh, that a game just wrapped up this afternoon uh, with between the Hawks and Knicks. It's a three-one series for the Hawks, going back to MSG, I believe, sometime either uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. And really, in this series, what you can talk about is Trey Young's been an all-star caliber player really. And Julius Randall, who I think will probably be second team all NBA just has disappeared and has been really atrocious in, in this, in the series. He he's only had over 20 points in one of the f- four games so far. He, he still hasn't shot over 36% from the field in the series and a game. So they needed yeah, Randall. This game was a little better, but still. They they needed Randall to to play the way he's played during the season, which was a almost an MVP uh, caliber season, as in being a top five NBA NBA MVP finisher. Just hasn't performed up to the the way he's played during the season, and and that's the Knicks needed that to even be competitive in this series, and it's not over, and they can go back to MSG and then come back game six and you never know he might go off but doesn't look good for the Knicks who really don't have as much talent as this Hawks team and we'll, we'll yeah, see. they would have to really turn it around um but they were getting good performances from Rose and uh Hoppin is actually playing pretty well yeah so they have things to look forward to but yeah it's pretty if if, if, pretty if Randall if Randall comes back and plays close to the way he's played during the season they could come back in the series they have two games at home that that crowd's amazing it's just more he has to play that way if they if he doesn't play that way they can't win a game in this series i don't think um this or maybe not on the road he he hasn't at least and they need to win a game in atlanta so we'll we'll see but uh that's the closest series probably 
so it's kind of sucks that the one that looked like a surefire, at least six. At seven, least it won't hold the other ones up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess that's true. So moving on to, to the game that we're analyzing today between the Clippers and uh, Mavericks, uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, it was super, super exciting. There were lots of portions where I like didn't take notes and didn't need to take notes because it was just like it was just exciting, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you, it was uh well for the Clippers, it was like Kawhi and PG were just dominating through yeah. the middle, this through the second quarter, through the third quarter, the f- second half of the first quarter. They continued to play above average in the fourth quarter, but not to quite the same level. But uh, yeah, this one was uh, this one was special. The Mavs got out to a thirty-two eleven lead, and then they were losing again before half. It was like on fire one way, and then on fire the other way. The Mavs were fifteen of twenty-three from fifteen of twenty-six, sorry, from three at one point. Mm-hmm. So sustained really high level three point shooting. They were not shooting as well from two eventually, but uh, I mean, they looked like they had put the game away right at the beginning. Then Luca went to the bench and then Kawhi was like seven of seven and PG was like nine of 13 or something like that. Yeah, no. What was... And uh, it was, it was a really, really impressive offense both ways and not unimpressive defense, a little, little occasional breakdown, but it was really like they had, especially the the Mavs had to deal with those two guys just doing it all themselves and not missing anything for a good two quarters. They missed two shots. Yeah. Well, the Mavs started, the Mavs started the game on a 30 to 11 run, which just had, it was something crazy. I don't know what it was exactly. Maybe four. Luca was just hitting step yeah, three, But they were all over Zubach on switches, which was just great. And then Tim Hardaway was coming off pin downs and making threes. And but then, basically, once it got to thirty to eleven, the the clips come roaring back with a twenty to three run, which is which was basically completely all Kawhi and PG just ISO attacking the rim. They they or taking pull up threes. Uh, not a lot of plays being run, but just in the playoffs, Kawhi took a bunch of pull up twos, just like no dribble pull up. Yeah. And and then at the end of that, the first quarter went from 30 to 11 midway through or a bit late on to 34 to 11 for, for the Mavs. And that basically made the game close. And then the last three quarters of the game, the Clippers won all of them and, and just continued to open up the lead as, as the game progressed. But uh, what a big win for them, especially considering that start and, it might be a kind of era defining moment for the Clippers if they come back and win the series and go deep in the playoffs, or you know, uh, just because down 2 0. Because of where Kawhi will end up eventually, yeah. I don't know. All the reports say he's staying, but you I gotta, just. You gotta look into it, though. But I just mean, if they lose this, is Paul George getting traded? What happens? You just hired a new coach. You're probably not firing T. Lou already, but it just. It would just be a disaster and still could be. I don't think this means the Clippers are winning the series necessarily, but it's definitely a good sign if, if you're a Clippers fan that they showed some resolve that 
this team's really been lacking for a long time. So we'll just see how, how it progresses over the course of time or over the course of the series. Sorry, but big, big, big win for, for the Clippers who are basically, this was an elimination game for them. Yeah. Down so, 19 first quarter elimination game. Yeah. It, I would just say as a little side note that this really reminded me of those games with Kawhi in the Toronto where he just took over for. Yeah. He was like, he, it was not the same though in the way that he was just quietly taking over. Like he didn't make a single big bucket. Yeah. It was all just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. He was just Pull up. in the lab, you know? Exactly. Love the reference. Uh, and so, PG, PG was also impressive. He was getting to the rim a lot. And then uh, he didn't hit too many threes, but he was definitely efficient. Let me just check. Yeah, he was two of six. But obviously for shooting 11 of 18, that means you're making almost all your twos. And he was yeah. in the mid-range at the basket. He was doing everything. Yeah. And and they just don't – I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it a bit later when we talk about the defense, but they didn't really have – They don't have an there. answer. They don't have an answer for either of those guys, really. Um, no. Moving – so transitioning into the plays that each team ran, uh, just to to uh, start it off, there wasn't a lot of kind of sets run in this game that were kind of – or if they were, it was very – a lot of pick and roll. Uh, but what were the, the plays you really liked from each team in this game? So, I mean – at one point, PG and Kawhi were 13 of 15, and the rest of the team was 5 of 15. Like, it was – and that was all ISO. I don't think there was a single non-ISO yeah. play out of those 13, maybe like a semi-transition three. But it was just impressive shooting, impressive one-on-one and one-on – one and one or two helpers action from those two guys. Um, the one, the one play that I really saw them run Kawhi like fake the screen to the corner and then he cut and Porzingis was on him and he just got absolutely lost. And it was like, Oh man, like you could see them doing that play again. It might not be that wide open, but he could have thrown the lob if he had been semi engaged, but he just wasn't there and he just tossed it. Right right down the middle of the key to Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to believe that they have millions of dollars in Ibaka, Kennard, and Cousins, and they still have, like, this fairly dominant offense. Yeah. Um, again, though, they don't run too much. They had, a, they had a couple set plays, but it's hardly worth talking about it. They just got to the bucket, and when they started really throwing help, Guys did start hitting shots eventually. Morris had a good game. Um, yeah, everyone, all the all the role players shot fairly well from three, except for Batum was 0 of 2, but obviously that's not much of a big deal. Interesting that Beverly only played five minutes. I think they didn't like the matchups he had on defense, obviously with Luca. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe a guy that was – you know, viewed as one of the best defenders in the league a couple of years ago is now playing five minutes. Yeah. Like, uh, what I would just say is I did think that their ball movement was, I wouldn't say considerably better, but a bit, 
was more improved with Rondo on the court. You could just tell he'd drive, yeah. kick a bit. They'd have kind of some action off ball, just swing, swing. Uh, but and especially a couple pick and rolls with Zubosh. There wasn't, but again, it was just more it went from no to ISO or just straight pick and roll with PG and and Kawhi to a little bit of ball movement. Um, the play you mentioned with the Clippers, that was the one play I really noticed where he faked it. And, and it, yeah, and it was obviously set for him to fake it the whole time. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like the option to that. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. bad. That's bad for Dallas. Like <laughs> you cannot. Yeah, I know they don't run anything, but you can't just be falling asleep on what the guys are doing. Yeah. No. Exactly. So, yeah. It, it's it's definitely interesting. With with I mean, with the Mavericks, it was just a lot of pick and roll with Luca. Basically, almost every possession when he was on the court, a little bit of Jalen Brunson as well. Uh, the one off ball screen they did like is a lot of Hardaway pin downs, which makes sense because he's probably their best shooter, at least, uh, you know, catch and shoot kind of guy. They had one play. I just, there was one play I'd like to mention by the Mavs that I really liked. It was more Luca just being great, but they just had a play where Luca had a pick and roll and draw the double in the paint and pass to the corner. Then uh, that player, I forget who it was in the corner, then, uh, passed to KP on the low block on the strong side, and he got doubled, then swung it out to Cleaver at the top of the arc, and he had an open three. And for me, it just encapsulated a lot of the plays, this Mavericks. Yeah, Porzingis, Porzingis had four assists, and no one else had more than one assist, except for Luka, obviously. Yeah. So he was moving the ball well um, on offense, and obviously he's – He's kind of just a matchup nightmare if he could be just a little bit more efficient because even though he might be getting a little bit of a – it was hard to – I don't think I saw him get ISOed on by Kawhi and PG, but he was picking those guys up. If he could really dominate those matchups, like the way he dominates when he catches a pass with space with like 12 or 14 feet to the basket – like, he's just going over, guys. There's no – if he could be catching the ball in those situations or just being a little bit more aggressive, like, you saw, I don't know, one of the really small guys pick him up. It was probably uh, – Beverly? It was probably um, Jackson picked him up one play and he just missed a turnaround. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you literally have yeah, 13 and a half inches on this guy and you're shooting a turnaround from, like, 16 feet. So – No. Early, early when they were winning, I was like, man, like he really just has such a good matchup on people because he's always going to be better than the guy he's guarding pretty much every single time. Mm -hmm. If that guy has to pick him up in a situation that he can take advantage of, but he's just not taking advantage of anything really, except for that one really early play. And obviously the four assists were were all on pretty good passes. I thought so. No, no, that was good. He's not bad. Obviously he gets double. He just throws it over the top. So if they can get him catching it lower or with uh, space in front of him, they should be able to close this one out. I thought that was a big key because he's not doing anything. Nine points, like anyone can do that. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, he, he's not the same player, but I'd like him if he kind of turned into he, a little bit more of that DeAndre Aiden type where 
he has his limitations, but he knows what he's good at. And at least in this playoff against the Lakers, Aiden's played really well because he realizes, okay, yes, I can shoot. And obviously I will preface this by saying KP is a much better shooter than DeAndre Aiden. Um, But at the same time, he should be in a lot of pick and rolls, just hunt this short guy, use his size. And he really doesn't like that. He wants to finesse. He wants to, as you mentioned, shoot fadeaways over shorter guys because almost everyone's shorter than him. But he's not really using his matchup advantage. He's a good enough ball handler. He doesn't really have a post game, but just in pick and roll, he should just be at least a dunk threat or then kick out to the three-point line. And that would be a good enough option for the Mavs either, you know. um, uh, Yeah, it's not like they have better shooters to put in the corner. Like Hardaway doesn't really have an advantage of taking the three from the corner. I feel like he hits all the shots on the wing. Uh, obviously, Kleba is in the corner almost all the time, but you got two corners. Like, I, I don't know why they don't either have him in the corner or in the action, like you said, because he seems to just sit on the wing sometimes and do absolutely nothing, and then he's not good at that shot. Like, No. So, no. so it, it might be a coaching problem, but it also feels like they need to stagger his minutes with Luca and just – Every time Luca gets a, a switch, it's a better matchup than Porzingis has, and then you just yeah. have him as like a slight liability on defense and not a great shooter, right? So, no, exactly. It's, uh, I think it's it's very interesting. I'm I'm not sure. I can't say exactly what they need to fix, but they need they need some better matchups and some better uses for for yeah. him. Obviously, like this, yeah. I was just going to say at this point in the season, you're on a, you're not going to turn someone who's been playing this type of way into someone that as in, you're not going to make him just diving and rolling all the time for dunks or kicking out to the three point line. He, he you're not. So I don't know. Yeah. Why. Powell, Powell played two minutes. Like if you want that guy, he's right there. Exactly. Um, but again, you're it's, kinda, it's kind of funny to me that he's in there 33 minutes going three of 10 like, yeah, I, I can't I can't think of a good play that he did other than the assists. Yeah, no. And I, that includes defense. He had one rebound where he came like around. Yeah. What is it? Three rebounds. Three rebounds. Yeah. And minutes. four. And one of them was like at least 12 feet away from the basket. He picked it up like at his waist level because he came around the back, mm-hmm. which is a good play. I'm just saying. If that's your best play, yeah. They're not using him, point no. blank. That's all there is to it. I think if like, they can let me get just... more, if they can get a decent amount out, out of him and Tim Hardaway plays even close to the way he's been playing, although there's something yeah, he, he had a funny kind of an off game. He had a all, funny here, here's what here's how we I'm gonna round it out. I think if they had Trey Burke doing all the actions that he was doing, they would have been better off, including defense. Maybe I don't know. He's not I, doing anything. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. I just, but Trey Burke is such a different player. You'd be no. I'm saying going okay, yeah. You get the point. They're they're not getting anything out of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I think a better idea is is Powell. Work. I'm not saying Powell's that much better, but he might be more worth it, especially if the if KP's not using a size advantage against the Clips when they go five out. 
it might make more sense to have an undersized big with Powell to to match up. Um, and he's and, a- and I don't even know I don't even know what they would do if they had like the the Zubac ISO is fine, but if they had Zubac with Powell rolling, like I don't know what they would what they would do to yeah. stop that. Yeah, like obviously. I mean, I guess Kawhi and PG are kind of coming, but it's so hard to stop that lob. And either way, you have him I like ice out on Zubac or a wide open three. Like, no, that, to me, that has to be at least ten plays a game of that, and can't even run ten plays if Powell's playing two minutes. No, exactly. And and it was interesting. One play, just transitioning to the defense, and just thinking about how Luca just absolutely cooked. Zubac, um, just it was just horrible. The the amount of times, especially to start the game, just on switches, he just said, "Okay, I have Zubac. I'm just gonna do a step back, <laughs> uh, fade away three in your face, like nothing." He had uh, he had at least two or three in the first three minutes when they made their run. Yeah, and the game. including like mid range step backs too. Yeah, and and there was this it one. Was- that, there was this one, yeah, which were crazy, but there was this one play where he had a pick and roll and Zubach obviously switched onto him. And the defender, I don't know if it was one of the guards, either Jackson or Rondo or whoever was, it's that almost Trey Young thing where you've got someone on your back and that the big hasn't even come over to you. So it's this weird, it looks really funny because you just have this guy on your back and you clearly could go forward to get a layup but there's no one there, but you're slowing down. And Zubat just stayed in the paint after he got screened and literally didn't help. I think Kali Sign was there, but it just – and Luca just takes his takes three seconds, dribbles with whoever the defender is on his back, gets two feet away, and just does a little floater off the bank. And I'm saying – Yeah, he was – I, I mean, you was got to – Creating space and making – the guy come to him and then get in contact and it was it was all good stuff it's just he's working know. really hard he's working really hard right what what do you have 40 uh, no that's not him sorry 38 minutes um he can't be doing that exact offense even though it doesn't look very tiring obviously he can't keep that up the whole game yeah the the, the thing is is that in games one and two hardaway just had pretty much yeah, absolutely off yeah right and that's not and he started that way too and then he went cold exactly but and even kp had bigger games at least yeah. in two so we'll, we'll see how this translates. you really feel as though the clippers have to i didn't find that on defense they were that great uh i wouldn't say they're horrible but kp the only time i felt luca was really in a lot of trouble was with Kawhi on him. Other than that, they all, even PG, he was getting blown by a bit or getting basically was Luca was just cooking on him. I I don't know how you figured out. I would say the saving grace for this Clips teams is I do think you can afford to play Kawhi longer on Luca because they don't have anyone to guard Kawhi. He can basically score whenever he wants it, which is reflective in the his scoring output in the series. So if I were them. Yeah, I actually, I think possibly on Kawhi, but definitely on 
PG. I think Luca is actually the best defender. He doesn't make as many mistakes as everyone else seems to be making. And Kleba is on Kawhi, and he just keeps getting blown by. Yeah, Luke, like, and, Luke, and I, I would never do Luke. it, but I actually, from the plays that he did get matched up on them pretty early, he did a fine job. So I mean, I would not that anyone can stop that, but still, I wouldn't say Luca's been great defensively. He had a couple possessions, at least in this game, where the ball kicks out to Rondo at the three-point line and Luca's in rotation and he jumps at Rondo for some reason and Rondo just says, okay, and just drives by. Yeah, he's, so, not, he's not completely locked in, but... Uh, but, I mean, he's also carrying the offense. But I don't know if he can... If I'm the Mavs, I'm trying to save Luca. What I would say, the Clippers did put a lot of matchups where they brought Luca's defender or a player up into pick and rolls and made him work a bit more. I noticed that they did try to bring him into the action, even if he was on a guy like Finney Smith or someone that wasn't uh, – sorry, on a guy like uh, uh, Reggie Jackson or someone that wasn't nearly as much in the offense or Marcus Morris. Um, so w- we'll see how they – how the Clippers attack him and also what the Mavs do defensively. But Maxi Cleaver just can't guard – Kawhi Leonard. I'm sorry. I, I, I he's trying hard. I'm not blaming him. There's no, yeah. It's not. It's not really a knock on him. He's playing pretty well. He played great this game. Like, but but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I thought on that topic they were not always giving weak side help. I think they need to every single time. You're talking about the Mavs, or the Clippers, the Mavs. Yeah, yeah. No, the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers kind of did what they could on defense. I don't really have any. I mean, the switch is. They, they want to do it that way. You could criticize the decisions all the time. I wouldn't say their switching was the most proficient. They they There's a bunch of times where they'd over-rotate. But, I mean, to be fair, Luca makes you do that all the time. But I still don't feel that they're super locked in on defense. At the end of the game, as they kind of pulled away, it did seem to round up. They were making Luca take a lot of step-back fadeaways. More so than yeah, they don't they don't have as much of a uh, switch as they think they do, or at least they can't turn it on in the first quarter. <laughs> like, exactly. Well, there you go. They got lucky. They got lucky in that comeback on defense. Like I, they were just the Mavs were just missing for a while. Yeah, but anyway, moving on. So the Mavs defense, they're not always giving weak side help. PG and Kawhi drove to the outside almost every single time. From what I remember, especially PG was just going to the right side, taking it to the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, if they keep making shots, you got to do something. Like it's yeah. not like uh, you can just live with that forever. And the other thing is they miss those two rot- rotations on the Morris at the end of the game, back to back, the exact same rotation. And it was and it was just the guy was not in his head. Just not there's quick a guy out. in the corner, and it's your guy, and it was just like whoa. Yeah. Like, here you are. And that was a real turning point. I mean, I know they won the last three quarters, and obviously they won the second half of the first quarter, but they really could have had the game. It was not that out of reach when they went on that 6-0 run. And it was on two completely avoidable wide-open threes. Yeah, and that wasn't just Kawhi taking on Kleber or – That was just the ball moving around. Yeah. Um, And I think it was the right thing for them to double Kawhi just the way he had been playing, but – that rotation. But they forgot that they had done it after, as soon as yeah, it was yeah. out of his hands. Yeah. I think it was KP once and Kleba the other time, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. 
I, I would say I wouldn't I haven't found either of these teams great defensively with regards to their rotations. You you watch some games and for example in the Lakers Suns series, you can really tell their the way they rotate. It's pretty good. And then you watch this series and it's whoa, okay, we, we just forget it. <laughs> or we're there's just a lot of miscommunication, mostly miscommunication. Both most teams aren't running that um create that i mean it's not super uh difficult to understand what's happening it's a lot of luca pick and roll and iso but just they're not as they say in the nba circles their rotations are not on uh, on a string it's not very tight it's not uh quick and decisive with, with how they rotate when to rotate weak side versus strong side all that kind of stuff do we drive baseline or, you or, know, or that, both both weak side and strong side? Is well, what that's true. Yeah. But you get my point. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, was there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, a few things. I mean, Luca had 26 in the first half. I don't think there was a single one that wasn't in ISO and they were down two. So yeah. it, it I mean, if you had a, a guy that was giving you more than nine three and four for 29 million dollars i think they would be probably in the finals i actually think if they like i don't know we can go through and see who's making 29 million dollars but if you had a real fringe all-star type guy yeah i think that they would be way over the hump by now obviously they're still up to one it's not like we're um the other thing I noticed, Paul George, like, finally learned how to push off, like, just a little bit and not a lot. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how have you just been, like, he's just been throwing people, and <laughs> it's so obvious. And this yeah. game, it was like, it didn't even look like he was pushing off because he was just going boom, tap, 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 boop, boop. Yeah. So I still don't like it as a basketball play, but. But I mean, if it's legal, it's not on him. He's doing it properly, and if everyone's doing it and getting away with it, they just need to change the rule, I think. But regardless, they like the offense. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just for both teams, it's just the stars absolutely carrying everything. Luca with forty-four on fifteen of twenty-eight, nine and nine. Like it's it's one one and one away from a forty-five point triple double. So. And you're losing. Like, that's really – imagine if LeBron had a 45-point triple-double and lost. Everyone would just be losing their minds on how he has no help. I didn't really hear that too much. Like, people were like, oh, like, Luka versus Clippers or whatever. But mm-hmm. it was pretty bad. And for the Clippers, uh, they had seven assists combined, Kawhi and PG, but 36 and 29 on 24 out of 40 – sorry, 24 out of 35. Yeah, twenty four to thirty five is like, but I, I would, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy how much the stars carried, and obviously the Clippers got way more help with fifteen and sixteen from uh, Morris and Jackson. So what's what's that? that I guess was the difference, but uh, this was probably the highest star power game I've seen since maybe like I cannot think of a game where both teams had this level of star power. There was that one game where Kyrie had like 57 against the Spurs back in Cleveland. That's the last game. And Kawhi had a great game. That's the last game I can think of where you saw three players play this well. What I would say just to add on that is uh, 
the interesting thing with regards to Luca, he's only shooting 48% from the free throw line in this series. Yeah, no, I was going to so, mention that too. Which is really weird. And, uh, I mean, he wasn't a crazy good free throw shooter during the season, only 73%. But that's something he has to – That it just that's yeah. just – I know he's tired, but – In terms of this game – yeah, in terms of this game, it wasn't a lot, but in the long term, like six free throws. That's no, but I'm saying it was like three or four points in this game was not yeah. not a big deal. But obviously, it could have been a big deal. It could have been a big deal, and as it's it's way more concerning long term. I think if he doesn't figure it out, I think he will. Yeah, it's hard to know what goes through guys' heads that that can have a seven of thirteen from the line and seven of thirteen from three game, but. Yeah, that's what I was. Anyway, uh, hopefully, hopefully just, he'll get that together. Just to go on your star power thing in the series, Luca's averaging thirty-eight, nine, and basically nine, fifty-two percent from the field, thirty, forty-six percent from three. While with Kawhi Leonard, I'm just getting the stats up. He's shooting sixty percent from the field, forty-five percent from, or almost yeah, forty-four percent from three. On with a 34, 4, and 8, or um, 34, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, two, almost 2.3 2. steals a game. It's just crazy. I'll, I'll get Paul George later, but it's just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there's not, I wish we had Mark Jackson commentating this one because, yeah. Uh, do you want to, it would have been nice to hear. Do you want to move on to the our uh, our our, our yeah, special yeah. with the 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 Chandler Parsons Award for this game? I, I think it's pretty obvious. I, I don't know if we can for the person who uh, one two three KP Porzingis <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I was, mentioned uh, it earlier. We don't need to go over it again. We don't. I'll just think it was terrible. He's on a max contract, three more years left, and he puts up nine, three, and four on three of ten. No blocks. Yeah, Mark, Mark Cuban's going to have to buy somebody a jet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and doesn't look very happy. Always seems to be upset. I, I don't know what's wrong with him. Uh, there's some rumors that him and Luca don't get along, but could that just be because Luca's good and KP thinks he's still good. I don't know, but uh um yeah. I hope he'll turn it around. We'll we'll see, but uh and then moving on to the Bunsen burner of the game, a lot of lot of well really three potential guys you can go with, but I do think it's pretty obvious, but but who's your pick? I'm gonna go with Kawhi. Um yeah. They won. I thought PG really carried them um, in the second quarter, which was super important. But 13 of 17, like three of five from three. It was ridiculous because you heard every time because he, he was perfect until like he was nine of nine or something. Mm-hmm. Like, so you heard it every time, but you didn't really notice because it was quiet, quiet buckets. Like, yeah, Um. It was it was it was a clinic and it was like a sustained clinic. He, I don't think he got back to back points. Yeah. Um so just ridiculous that he could be that locked in and and you wouldn't notice him only missing four shots. Yeah. Obviously Luca had a really sick game, but it was really front loaded and um 
I think you just got to give it to the winning team in this one. And I mean, 13 of 17 is just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, like you're looking at, I can't remember the last time LeBron had that kind of game in the playoffs. Yeah, no. Well, 2012, obviously, but still, yeah. it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a career-defining game, too. Like, don't think we'll people see. won't look we'll back see. on this. We have to even wait. If, even if they lose, even if they lose, and maybe it's not really his fault, I don't know. Like, I, say, I, oh, Kawhi choke, Kawhi choke, whatever. Like, I know. Yeah, well, one of those two games he didn't play very well, but still, this is like a okay. Maybe he didn't choke, choke. Maybe it just wasn't the perfect situation. Not the guy's garbage. Like people should be saying about Jimmy Butler right now. Probably. I mean, I do think that he might not be the leader people might want him to be. Just to, I mean, we can talk about the 2019 team, but you really feel like Lowry was the leader and, and Kawhi kind of just carried. And I mean, I'm not saying what he didn't wasn't the reason why they won, but he came from two great groups in San Antonio and Toronto and to this Clippers team with a bunch of misfits and PG who's not seemed to be the most easy person to, to play with. So uh, yeah, I, I do think it is, I disagree. I think it's contingent on who, if they win the series and if really, if they win the championship, but also if they go to make a deep run, either to the conference finals or third uh, or to, sorry, the, the finals as well, then you can really say, Hey, this was a team. This was a game that really PG Kawhi said, we're not losing this. We're coming back and, and winning the game. But, um, I, I still I think, think you have to. You still have to take it for what it is. If you'd shot four of seventeen, you would be getting flamed. Yeah, I do think it changes if they lose the narrative of it. But it goes from okay, this team isn't working to it's his fault, rather than necessarily saying, "Oh, he was amazing but lost." He's still the, his team is still more talented than the Mavs, in my opinion. Okay, here I'll put it. Yeah, no, that's true. Okay, you're right. They so, still have to win. They still have to win for it to be good. But I think he he kind of took it from a really bad negative to now it can only be like a yeah. Obviously that's negative. That's obviously assuming that he plays somewhat close to this level and doesn't just fall off a cliff. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. But let's say the he, other thing. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to say on Kawhi is like he sort of got the bad leader representation when he was you know injured after. 2017 there when he was in San Antonio I thought watching him in 2016 uh maybe I'm getting a little confused I think it was the 2017 regular season that's when to me he looked like he was at his best as a leader he was really comfortable there and since then he's been in like new environments and obviously like the Clippers environment is not really suited to him I don't think yeah with Beverly and Morris and all that crap so I think he's got a bad rap for for his abilities as a leader because we all know how he is as a person. You wouldn't expect him to be a vocal leader. And I think he was pretty much doing everything you could expect from him mm. in 2017 in San Antonio. And since then, he's had uh, like odd circumstances in all his situations. First year in Toronto with pretty well-established leadership with the coach and, and Kawhi. So... Yeah, I, I think mean, he gets, coach, he gets but, way too much flack yeah. for that. But uh, 
obviously last playoffs they crashed out and it was definitely on him to a good extent. And uh, so if yeah. he doesn't get this one done, it will be a knock, but I don't think the knock should be on leadership. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, yeah. I think that's going a little too far. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe just, I don't want to say it's a knock, but just a skill that he d- doesn't really have that others do have, if that makes any sense. It's not, it's not that yeah. you can have a, him on a team and he be the best player, but you might need some leadership around him. It's, it's, I, I don't think anyone's question is LeBron the leader of the Lakers or the whatever team he's been on. Maybe the Dwayne Wade first year or two in Miami, but otherwise, it's not. I just mean the way to kind of galvanize a team and a group of guys. I don't really think just because of his demeanor and everything, he's might probably not the right guy for that. So, um, but it's less of a knock and more just a kind of a statement of what he. An, an inability. Yeah, I think, I think no matter how good the player is, I think leadership is a plus, and it should never be a negative. I don't yeah. think. Like I don't. I, I, don't, not, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Though. It's hard to argue that Jordan had oh, absolutely great leadership skills, bringing people together. Obviously, he knew those guys really well, and he won every time they had a deep run. So, like, you can't say, "Oh, he was a bad leader," but he wasn't like go into a room and everyone loves him and they're like, okay, we're going to yeah, get this done. I mean, it's also a different era, but I, I, I mean, he was notorious for, but being you had, a, you had magic doing that same kind of LeBron type of personality. Yeah, magic that you could say is, Oh, automatic leader. Jordan, no one's ever going to say he was a bad leader. Cause yeah. He was like, and that's what people, that was his knock on him until he won everything. Right. That was, that. I, he won yeah. Everything. I mean, so as soon as you win, doesn't make you. Yeah. Suddenly I, a great but leader, also, but yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's fair to just yeah, no, expect no. someone to be a leader just because they're good. I, and yeah. I don't think that Kawhi. No, I, 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 I mean, <laughs> he's obviously good and he's obviously never going to be the perfect leader. Like maybe yeah. some people want it. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And in closing out, I do have a bit of NBA news to, to report on at the end of this, but uh, uh, don't, don't tell the Lakers score. No, no, I will not tell you the score, uh, but just what is the, what is your week of the game? Oh, yeah. So Terrence Mann pretending he got bodied by Willie Cauley-Stein and then fake fighting him and then talking to him like it was okay later. Like, what the heck are you doing? And he got a flagrant for it. It was like, what the hell is going on? Like, you just look like a fake thug now. I don't even know. I don't even know how to react to that. He was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to fight you. Then it was like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. But you got... Like, did he flop? I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> it was so strange. Yeah, that was really bizarre to me. I, It's such an NBA thing now where people fake fight and then are, like, best friends after. And it's just – there's maybe four. Yeah, it was just the fact it. that he acted like there was never a problem. It was yeah. Just, I, Weird. I don't uh, know what he could have said to Willie Cauley-Stein for Willie Cauley-Stein to not be angry at him, but it didn't look like he was. So, who knows? <laughs> I had a couple funny ones for for week of the game. I would say very NBA 20, I almost said 2011, 2021 of Tim Hardaway goes four of six from three, oh of eight from two. Absolute legend, uh, but not even that surprising. While with the one, another one I really found really funny. I don't know if you caught this was, I, I think it was in the first, yeah, it was in the first, 
half. Yeah. And basically they double the Mavs double Kawhi at the logo and it's a slow double and he kicks out and it swings to Beverly in the corner. And I forget who was on him, but Luca was kind of Luca. Luca was at least in the vicinity. Uh, Bev shoots the ball. It's a complete air ball. And you just see Luca staring at him and talking. Oh, right, right, shit. right. And just being like, ah, yeah, it yeah. The, it was the look back when Westbrook was playing Philly like four years ago. He's just dribbling it out at the end, looking at uh, Embiid. Yeah, yeah. But they had the beef back then. Oh, man. So I, I got like I got that exact picture in my head. You're right. Exactly. So um, the, the news I have and as a Lakers fan, you will not like this. Uh, Bleacher or the athletic has just told me that Anthony Davis will not return due to a left groin strain. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, another injury for, for the, the, the big man. I mean, we're going to see. Yeah. They don't need him. They, they can play really well without him. Obviously, yeah. If it comes to weeks, it's going to be a problem. Brian Strain seems you're able to come back, but is that by – I don't – I yeah. think – I mean, I, the way get... I was looking at him, like when he got that block on Booker, I think that was just last game. I would have had him resting more, less involved in big plays. Like he doesn't look good. Like I said, LeBron looks like he's not explosive, but I don't really have any worries about his longevity in terms of this playoff run or even longevity looking forward. Obviously, he's just missing a little bit of a pop from his right foot, but Davis looks like he goes for it every time, and then it's like, oh, that that wasn't good, and then he does it again, and you're like, okay, something's going to happen. So I can't say I'm surprised. Uh We'll see how it goes. I mean, Anthony Davis lead the league, and oh man, he's hurt, but then comes back for the rest of the game. I, I swear, yeah, for sure, and falling down. But I will say this: their path uh, without AD, I still think they beat Nuggets. Or yeah, they can get to the Washington so, Conference Final. But I mean, we'll we'll see if they can beat the Suns. Obviously, the 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 Suns are still banged up with cp3 i i still like them even without ad but that's a big blow barring any other injuries that we don't know of obviously cp is hampered at the at the current moment but it, it will yeah, be I, honest honestly he, he shot 12 of 14 from the line last game yeah those were some funny fouls yeah. um i don't know if they could have relied on that anyway and he's shooting 11 of 22 um from the field and that was on no threes last game so we'll their see, defense will suffer the defense will suffer a bit but i don't uh yeah we'll just see we'll how see. how, we'll see how impactful that is for the rest of the series and and potentially the rest of the playoffs but anyways this was a good time champions anyways this was a good time uh steven and uh the next time we'll be in the lab will be soon just uh we will decide in the coming days which game we would like to cover based on based on demand and <laughs> how the series are going. Exactly. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. And uh, see you soon, listeners. Bye. Have a great evening.